G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, it's good to be back in the studio after missing last week. Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know what else to add to that. Yeah, I've got nothing. It's good no, to be back. Unfortunately, due to some conflicting work schedules and the fact that we couldn't record on our normal night of Monday because we wanted to make sure we included all of the games from the round last week, we couldn't do last week's podcast, so we're going to make sure to go through everything, well, in a double... This round. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, yeah, look, we're uh, we're going to kick this off and uh, dive straight into the, the match-by-match Overviews, but before we do that, I just wanted to quickly bring up the fact that obviously we've got a the festival, festival of football. <laughs> I hate when you do that because you do the arms and the eyes and everything, and it freaks me out. But look, we've got back to back matches for the next how long is it? 20? I think it's 33 games 30? in 20 days or something Jesus. like that. So Fantasy footy is going to be just thrown through the ringer, and we, we've known yeah. this for, for a couple of weeks now, so it's we've had a bit of time to digest, so we all know the sorts of players that we should be looking at for VC options, because there will obviously be, for salary cap, there'll be a, a rotating lockout until the weekend. Yes, yes. So what I've seen from the formats and the, um, I guess, the, the providers and the systems that we tend to use is that there will be rolling lockouts. Mm-hmm. For, for, I think for AFL Fantasy throughout the round, and then for Ultimate Footy kind of as per normal, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously with Ultimate Footy, because it's individual draft leagues, generally your uh, your commissioner will be able to customise that yeah. to, to whatever the league decides is the yeah. best option moving yeah. forward. But I, I guess, yeah, like you said, those first couple of games, um, definitely going to be looking at vice-captain options there for those leagues with captains on. Um, there's also going to be a lot of opportunity to loophole, but for me, I'm a little bit wary of loopholing too much just because of the nature of the the rolling lockouts and the fact that I think some of the later games in rounds, are the teams aren't going to be announced until like the day before the game. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere. Yeah, agree. So there's a real danger of planning to loophole someone and then having your whole plans thrown askew by teams being dropped later on in the round. So... I'm actually, at this stage, thinking I'm probably not going to loophole as much as I usually do with, um, and, and I'm not talking captaincy loopholing there, I'm just talking in ultimate footy, playing guys off the bench rather yep. than um, starting everyone on the field. And the fact that they're going to be doing a pure rolling lockout for every single game as well, so not just the uh, the Thursday or the, the games prior to the weekend, <clears throat> but every single game the teams won't be announced until the day prior which means that if there's a Monday game, you're not going to know uh, well, the Wednesday... Well, we're going to have to change our, our vocab a little bit as well. A, a game at the end of the round. Oh, God. It hurts so much. <clears throat> Honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see. And the other key change as well for me is the fact that from a salary cap point of view, AFL Fantasy are awarding average scores to players who are on the bye. Yep. That's at least a little bit of a buffer for me. I don't have to stress last minute about trading out players who are on the bye. Like premiums or resting premiums you know that they're going to get their average so you can leave that there's not really much of a a strategy that you need to work around that luckily yeah that that is um is lucky i think it's gonna be like you said it's gonna be a really interesting few weeks i think there's a lot of opportunity for people to advance up in rankings both overall and in their leagues if they're active and paying attention to what's going on Mm -hmm. It's going to be those teams and those coaches that 
aren't paying as close attention, then they're going to miss guys off the waivers that forget to set their teams or make their trades. So I think there's a real opportunity for teams to um, to steal a bit of a march here um, if they're smart and are switched on with what's going on. Agreed. So well, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of that as we go through the, uh, the round-by-round action from uh, this last round eight. So we may as well dive straight into the games. Uh, the first one we had up last Thursday night from memory, yep. so, so far... <laughs> So long ago, um, is was Gold Coast versus the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs got up in the end in what was a pretty close affair, actually. Mm, it was. Really good contest by the uh, the Suns. But look, the guy that we all thought was starting to come into a bit of form, Jackson McRae, he's really looking on his game now. He's looking back to a fantasy beast. Absolutely. And oh, I did... He's still underpriced, realistically. He's mm. under $800,000 still, which is really, really affordable for Jackson McRae. So what's he at the moment? He's seven hundred and eighty-five. If you don't own him, he's definitely one you can go out and grab with a bit of confidence now. Absolutely. And I'm just checking. <clears throat> I've got an idea that the Bullies have actually got quite a few early games in the round as well. They do. So, well, they've got tomorrow night's match as an example. Yep. So um, they've uh, got the first game of round uh, 10. They've got the second game of round 11. And then they're sort of midway through round 12. But that's three opportunities to loophole vice-captain there. Yeah, absolutely. And just, he, he always seems to start off like that. I don't know why, but he has a poor start to the year and we get sucked in every single year to start off with him. And then he builds into it. Yeah, he finishes years off strongly. Mm-hmm. So um, I really like him as an upgrade target this yeah. week. Caleb Daniel's been doing fairly solidly the past few weeks as well from a, mm. from a defensive point of view. It's hard to gauge where he's at, whether he could push into the top six defenders. He's, I reckon he's knocking on the door. Be, I reckon he'll be, definitely be border borderline. Mm. Um, there's a, I mean, some of those guys who were going gangbusters earlier in the year have dropped off a little bit, my boy Maynard being a prime <laughs> contender. Oh, God damn, man. You, um, you talked me into that one. <laughs> hey, he was, he was good while it lasted. For that two weeks. <laughs> um, but I guess my concern with... Daniel is always that he he thrives. His scores are built off possessions. If he doesn't get possessions, he doesn't score well. He's so small and slight, he's not going to win marks. He doesn't tackle a lot. He corrals. So if you stick someone on him, you're going to take him out of the game. Yeah. If he's not getting those plus sixes, he's not getting much. So I like him much more as a draft player than salary cap. Yeah. Um, look, the two other players I want to talk about here who've come good after slow starts, Bailey Smith, or slow starts, I should say, he, he went through a little bit of a trough there, mm-hmm. uh, but he's really come back in a big way and starting to look much more comfortable in the top six forwards. Yeah. Um, Pelly as well has also started to come into a bit of form, fantasy form in particular. So it will be interesting to see whether he can continue that because he it's always peaks and troughs with Bontempelli. It really is. Um, I did look at his numbers earlier today, but I can't remember. Um, I'm pretty sure in the last three weeks he's been fairly steady without being spectacular. He's About, I think he's gone to pretty much 80 each week from memory. There we go. Let's bring him up. All right. So the Bont, who's priced at 682, priced below 700,000. Mm. So still very, very affordable. Yeah. If you're looking for that... And have a look at his numbers guy. first before uh, you recommend him. All right, so he's uh, he's averaging seventy two point five for the year yeah. with a last three of eighty five. Yeah, I he's, think if you look at his last three, it's been mid eighties for yeah. every game. 86, 81, 88. There you yeah. go. With so, a with a forty five before that, but a ninety four prior to that as well. Yeah. So, so your eighties, your your hundred from pre COVID. So yeah, that, I don't mind that. Um, and on any given week, he does have the potential to go huge, yeah. but. 
Yeah, but honestly, I'm very strapped for cash as, cash as a salary cap coach. My team is looking shit house at the minute. Yep. So if I can get a guy under 700k who has the potential to put up some really solid, almost premium scores, I I might look at Bontempelli, and that's that pisses me off because I had Bontempelli at the start of the year. <laughs> And the amount of players that I had at the start of the year and am now being forced to trade back into my team just just pisses me right off. Honestly. I'm going to just remain silent here. <laughs> You've talked to me into some of those as well. so you no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm being silent because uh, it, the amount of times I've had to do it, it <laughs> I'll, I'll just lose my shit if I have to talk about it for too much. Timmy English, Timmy Time was Timmy up time. this Tim, weekend. Timmy's time was up. Well, look, I mean, realistically, I was looking at trading him in but one of our mates, a uh, good friend of the podcast, Hinchy, uh, sent us a late message and said there's going to be torrential rain tonight. So we took it on, went on the back foot and basically just said, no, actually, let's let's leave it. And it, it showed. So he couldn't compete in the rock contest against Wits to get enough of the hitouts to boost his score. And those plus sixes pretty much dried up in the wet weather. Yes, I'm. Um, that was very good advice. I'm a little disappointed I didn't see that message until after the game. Oh, you brought him in. I brought him in. Oh, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just add it to the list of shit that's gone wrong for yeah. me this year. So, look, he'll probably be significantly better this week, particularly against uh, Richmond with... Uh, Soldo? Yeah, Soldo, maybe Chol. Um, yep. It's... Look, I, I I don't think you'd have to really worry unless there's another wet night. It is at Metricon again. Yeah. So that's the only danger. Um, but yeah, I think the matchups are a lot more favourable for him this week. Um, and in that same conversation that you mentioned before, um, Wits was put forward as a suggested option moving forward for the next few weeks with a decent looking lineup. Any interest there? A little bit of interest, yeah. So six hundred and seventy four k. He's got. Giants, Saints, Essendon, and Richmond as his next four. Hmm. That's that does interest me a little bit actually. So what did he have? He had the um, eighty-one. Eighty-one. Yeah, that's. I mean, could definitely look at that. And he does have, as you say, he has a very very good matchup coming up. Oh, it's just something worries me about Wits. The the only thing is that. He's playing at home for the next month as well. True. English had the ability to go up in price and really be an actual stepping stone at the last minute. Which you're not going for as a stepping stone. No, you're actually basically paying up for him and going, look, I'm... I'm going to settle with him as my second Ruttman. I think what you're doing with Wits is you're going, yeah, I'm settling for him as my second Ruttman as a placeholder, potentially long-term, if you can't get back to him later on. Yeah. Um, Look, interesting call. I I do like it. While we're on Gold Coast, we may as well keep going with them. And uh, just, I want to take a quick look at David Swallow. Because he's someone that I never considered. I really dislike David Swallow from the I will give you some numbers for Swallow. I'm happy to, because I've had a look at these and I'm interested So 693,000, break even of 47, average of 78 for the year, but his last three average of 88. Yep. Which, pre-COVID, that's going at what, about 110? Just over 110. So... <clears throat> I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Yes, those are amazing numbers. Love what he's doing, and I'm looking at getting him in maybe this week because he's 680k and he's very affordable. Mm. But prior to this, he's never had a good fantasy year, a really good fantasy year. This is true. He's also never played in a good team. He's a middle-tier draft midfielder, basically. He's um, that yes, seven-forget draft yeah, player. Yes, I, I, and I agree. He has never played in a really good team. And Gold Coast looked like a, a solid team this year. So yeah. 
is is that the difference? Is that all he needed to boost his fantasy scores? And by the looks of it, yes. So yeah, I mean, you, his last three, he's gone 70, 98, 98. He's got GWS and St Kilda coming up next. Ooh, very um, interesting. Both potentially fantasy friendly games. Mm. Uh, both at Metricon. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't mind. Also, Took Miller. From, uh, from, oh, from the yeah. fact that they're playing almost every game at Metricon. He does very well at Metricon. He does. It's, he does. Uh, like, that is a real smoky. <clears throat> but, look, I, I do like it when he plays there and he gets a lot of tackles. He's averaging over 80 for the year now, 82.8. He's priced at a really tricky price, though, of 729. So he's a bit more expensive than someone like the Bonch, yeah. who I would probably rather. But... The fact that he's playing at so Metricon. at seven twenty nine, I would probably rather go Mitch Duncan at seven twenty seven. Mitch Duncan and also the Bond, uh, and there's a couple of others there that we'll talk about later. So yeah. very very interesting thoughts. But Took Miller, if you want a real <laughs> real smoky, um, uh, look who else have we got there? Um, uh, Jack Lacocious has started to slip a little bit after a very mm-hmm. very good start to the year. Bose is still doing very well on the back line for draft owners, but the main ones are, or the main one for me is Connor Buderick, who really <laughs> needs to get out of your side. He's definitely met his break even, and he's going to start losing money soon. Yeah, he's already losing money, yeah. So get him out as soon as possible if you can. Um, I mean, he's one of my priorities to, to downgrade to someone like a, a Brad Close from uh, from Geelong, who had a great debut last night. Yeah, so Buderick's still 48% owned in teams. Is um, he really? Yeah, break even of 36 He's gone. I don't think he's met that for. No, he's met it two of the last three weeks, but it's definitely borderline. So yeah, okay. I'd be looking to move him on. All right. Well, let's push on to the next round of the match, which was GWS versus Richmond. Look, it was close in the end, but GWS did look a little bit of a you know class ahead almost, um, and it showed in the fantasy scores. The uh, the big boys, Kelly, Cogs, Green, Whitfield, all getting yeah. basically a hundred or over. Just awesome game if you own them, and Haynes as well came good in the lot, the third, in the back three. So I your posted, rage tweet oh, halfway through I was the game, absolutely raging. He was on about <laughs> seven or something like that at quarter time. It just and it didn't look like he was getting near the ball. And yeah, in the last three quarters, he just took intercept mark after intercept mark. And I, I love how often you go with a rage tweet, and then it turns around immediately afterwards. Hey man, it really amuses me. If if I'm giving them a shove up the ass, then it's <laughs> It's got to be done sometimes. It's got to be done. Um, look, not too much else to talk about. Another solid game from Tim Taranto under his belt. I think he'll gradually improve on those scores for draft owners out there. Um, Hopper's actually started to go down again since Taranto has come back in as well. So, Yeah, not really surprised by that. He'd been pretty hit and miss before that as well, to he be had, honest. But so he, had, he had a bit more of a ceiling when Taranto was out of the side. Now that ceiling is basically gone. Yeah, there's no one else I specifically really want to talk about from it, to be honest. No, it's not particularly. We probably like that the draft guys and the rookies, we probably know where they're at. Exactly. At this point. Yeah, so we'll push on to Richmond. Dusty Martin came out with his first really good game in a little while. Uh, 90 fantasy points. He had 23 disposals. I think they just pushed him into the midfield because they realised they don't have anyone there. They've, they've got no one there, so they can't afford the luxury of leaving him up in the forward line and hoping the ball gets down. Yep. So maybe if that's a sign of things to come... You know, I think uh, Cochin's back this week. Cochin and I think... So the teams came out just before we started recording. Yeah. Cochin's back. Sydney Stack has been is in the team, and I'm pretty sure the coach said he's going to play midfield. Which will uh, be yep. interesting. That will be very interesting. <clears throat> uh, and I think Ross is back. And there's a fourth mm. player, but I can't remember who. 
Okay, okay. Um, well, I know Graham is out as well, so Graham's out. Yeah, your boy that you uh, you pumped up just a little bit, but the important- he had a couple of good games. He did. It. He was only ever going to be a short term fix. Yeah, right. and he did that. So the important thing uh, we mentioned Dave Swallow a little while ago, six eighty nine, very affordable. Dusty Martin, six hundred and sixteen k. He is at the moment six sixteen. Six sixteen after a ninety, um, and before that he'd gone seventy two, which wasn't terrible. But he had that thirty eight, which really bottomed his score out. And forward status as well was yep. handy. Very interesting. Oh, the thing is, though, I reckon. I reckon if you look across people's teams, forward line is probably where they've got the most premiums and so called premiums at the moment. So mm-hmm. I don't know that getting another forward is really going to be high on many people's agenda at the No, moment. but getting someone affordable in the midfield who you can then flip into... Well, that's, the, that's where I'm going with this. So the yeah. question is, are you happy bringing him in as a midfielder? I, I probably would be because, look, like we mentioned Duncan a moment ago, I'm very interested in Duncan at six to, uh, 727, sorry. Yep. But that's a whole hundred and something K less to bring in Dusty Martin, which you could... Which would yeah. just be so valuable elsewhere in your team. Yeah, I guess I'd actually would. Oh. Yeah, tough question. Duncan gives me so much more confidence this year than Dusty. He does, and even in the wet last night, like he had a pretty poor first quarter, Mitch Duncan, and then just smashed it. He got plenty of tackles. Yep. He roamed around the ground and picked up every loose ball that was there to get. And look, yep. I, I'm and, and a real the fan. Injuries of they've got it, and the people missing from their midfield at the moment. I can't see it changing for for Duncan. Mm. Dusty, I mean, he could go a hundred any given week, but I just don't feel confident he's going to. True, but that hundred K is a big, big incentive. Well, his break-even as well, just to uh, bring that up, is 61. So he's going to be going up in price soon. You would expect him to start going up in price. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. so some of the other guys. Jaden Short was very good in <laughs> this game, but caveat on that, in three weeks' time, Bashar Hooli will be available. So that should be... Mm, you're assuming... Well, he's, he's coming back up to the hub now, so he's coming is back he? up midweek. Yep, oh, so I that, missed that. has been confirmed, so he is flying up this week. So yes. he'll have two weeks of... My keep aside. <laughs> yes. So he'll have two weeks in quarantine, and you would expect him to, to be back. So <clears throat> he'll miss out on this round. Yep. He'll miss out on next round. Back uh, in time to, to, to fine-tune for, uh, for the finals. There you go. So actually, he could only miss two rounds if he's back this Wednesday. What, what a Richmond... Bring up, bring up the fixtures that you had before, if you could, <laughs> just to uh, put you on the spot. Um, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> but just to see the dates that Richmond plays, it'll be interesting to see whether he misses two rounds or three rounds. Uh, you need to do some filler. <laughs> <laughs> just just fill in just randomly. Yep. Because, well, well, my point being... Oh, that, sorry, sorry, when's he coming in? He's coming in on Wednesday this week, yeah? No, yeah, well, basically, he's coming in midway through this week. So he's missing this round. Yep. He's missing next round. When is there... Is it two, two weeks? He'll be back. He'll miss uh, three rounds. So he will miss three rounds, yep. okay. So he'll be available for round 12. All right, so, yeah, no, so definitely... Uh, will... <laughs> and you know what sucks for him? They have the very last game of round 12 as well. Oh, shit. <laughs> so if he's coming up on the Wednesday, he's, uh, yeah, that's he's mi- So he's missing out by what, a couple of days, basically? Yeah, uh, oh, no, he's missing it out by pretty much the whole weekend. Oh, okay. yeah. Half a week. Um, but anyway, yeah, yes. so, so the point is, Jaden Short, no for me, because... If you're bringing him in, it's very, very short term. It's for the next two to three weeks because once Woolley's back, yeah, that's I, done. I think if you were going to bring Short in, you should have done it 
a few weeks ago. At this point, it's just a nice bump in for um, draft loans. A lot of people would have been worried about Egmelie Smith as well. With he um, he basically did nothing for the first three mm. quarters and ended up eking his way to thirty six. But people paid up to get him into their side last week. Yes, they certainly did. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure what to do. If you've got him, he's still going up in price, so there's no big issue. Yeah. But he's another one with Hooley coming back into the side. You've probably got two to three weeks or, of him left, and then you have to bring him out. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Mm. And uh, Pickett somehow kept his spot after that pretty lackluster affair, so... Uh, yeah, I bet well, that was a little surprising, but... Yeah... He's pretty close to being cut from fantasy sides at this stage. Oh, absolutely for me. Um, Okay, so uh, North and Carlton was the next game. Carlton, this was awesome. This was a really good game by Carlton. I really enjoyed this one. Um, So some of the biggest scorers there were uh, obvious. I mean, Ed Kernow just is a solid draft guy. Really, really good. Uh, Matt Kennedy kind of jumped one out of the gates a little bit. Bam, bam. He's back. (laughs) Bam, bam. (laughs) I haven't heard that in a while. He's um, had two good weeks as well, and what I liked about this is he actually had a lot of midfield time. And he got a lot of marks as well, had eight <laughs> marks around the yeah, ground. Yeah, they were using him as a pure midfielder. I don't have yeah. the, his CBAs on me, but he was definitely a quite a few CBAs from, from what I saw of the game. Yeah, so I I can't say I'm looking... At anything close to him in uh, in salary cap, even oh, though no. he's cheap. But, mate, 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 but I, I'm not paying attention to salary cap anymore. It's dead to me. But I'm that a, far off the off if the he's mark. available on the waiver list, just go out and grab him. Yeah, Please for, for me, he's he's very draft relevant mm-hmm. in this next run home. Uh, Sammy Walsh <laughs> was good with Jack Noons as well, bringing up the rear there. Um, just a quick one on Mark Pitney. He did enough to like for people that were forced to keep him. One more round, like me, and well, you traded him to Timmy English and lost twenty <laughs> points. But look, for people yeah. who are forced to keep him, you can probably hang on to him for another round or two while you trade around him because there's a lot of much more important trades which need to happen. I would suggest, like, don't get me wrong, the need to bring in that second top tier ruckman is just like if you don't know Max Gorn, watching Max Gorn play is the worst. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Of it's the worst. Yeah, so Pitney's still owned by 13% of teams. Break even of 56. Um, he's not losing money. Yeah. He's not getting he's got enough t- scores. You <clears throat> need to get in those big Ruckman. But- so he's got Hawthorne next, and then he's got a buy. So yeah. I think that buy is the perfect time to move him on if you've still got him. Yeah, look, the way to think about it is if Marley and Pickett <clears throat> is on your field and uh, you've got Pitney on your field as well, you need to trade... Uh, pick it out first because he is just yeah. he's not scoring solidly enough like at least you'll get almost double from Pitney agreed agreed um, okay, um, so do you need to vent about Crips at all no I, I vent about Crips every bloody week mate it's just honestly um, and look I, I see a lot of people saying oh he's he gets monstered every week yeah he's you know teams just look after him basically well, you know, North Melbourne lost trying to do that. So at some stage, they're going to stop just looking after Crips if players like Kurnow, Walsh, Kennedy can get on top of them. Petrovsky Seaton as well was fantastic mm-hmm. out of the back line. Um, and yeah, at the moment, Crips isn't a fantasy guy. Like, I wish I could trade him out of my side. And draft owners, it sucks to be you, honestly. He's just looks rubbish from a fantasy point of view at the moment. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. So we can, move on, we can move on to North. Um, once again, North is not a great fantasy team to talk about, but the quick quick word on uh, Simkin. Yep. Uh, came back 
Oh, look, he didn't do great this round. A lot of coaches would have held on to him. If you traded him out, it was probably a good idea, a solid idea, because he's going to have to build back into his season after that ankle injury. Like, that'll slow him down for a little while. It will, particularly if teams have identified him as the guy they need to pay attention to. And that's the thing, Kerno looked after him all game, and that's with the likes of Higgins running around still in the middle, who, for some reason, I don't know why he wasn't tagged first. Yeah, I've heard seen heard and seen a little bit of talk about is Higgins a good salary cap option as a as a as an actual target for salary cap. Yeah, let's bring up his stats. I I've got there's something so about six, Higgins I just don't like from a salary cap. Six sixty seven thousand break even at fifty three. Last three scores sixty five one twenty one seventy nine. In his favor, he does have Adelaide up next. Hmm. So he had a 121 and then a 79, and he's had a 60 before that. So really, he's had one big score in the last three weeks, and then some really average scores. Well, anyway. he's had the 79 is effectively a ton. Yeah, true, true. So, so he's had two good scores, one of them really good. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a no for me. Adelaide I, will probably be pretty good, but then again, if, if they you, chuck keys onto Higgins rather than Simpkin, yeah. which any, yeah. any normal team I would expect to do... I don't know why uh, yeah. Carlton would If this. you are dead set that you want to... And this probably go... Yeah, if you're dead set that you want to bring in a north midfielder, <laughs> um, Pollock, for me, is a better option. This week, uh, against Adelaide, yes. But why would you bring in... 81, 74, 103. Oh, oh God. 20k extra. Pretty much Pollock. the same break-even. Oh god, it hurts. He's uh, having quite look, a the good numbers, year. The, the numbers add up. I, I think there's a lot better options out there, but I know I have seen some tweets of people looking for some left field options. Yeah, and I'll Higgins be. is one that has been mentioned a little bit. Yeah, we do need some left field options heading into the uh, the back end of this season. Absolutely yeah. uh, right. Um, and a quick one on Curtis Taylor as well. He's pretty much fattened up. Might, yeah. Either this week or next week, he needs to He's go. To you go. need to cash in on him. Um, should we jump into the next game? Sure, why not? Sydney Hawthorne. Sit, Sydney got the chocolates here in what was another a bizarre pretty, game. pretty bizarre game. This was a bizarre game to watch. But, I mean, the big one is uh, is Jakey Lloyd. He's still affordable. I'm getting him in this week no matter what I have to do. The fact that I didn't the week that I traded Haynes in instead is still haunting me. Haynes you want to hear something funny? What? I was 50-50 last week on if I bring... Lloyd in? Or English? Or English. Oh, you, you blew it. So, you, how much did you lose there? You lost 70 points in that trade. <laughs> and probably like 50 grand. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, let's not dwell on that because that hurts. He's Luke, smashing it. At this stage, he's definitely your number one defender for the year. Yeah. Luke Parker did well for you, though. Finally. <laughs> I, got a, I got one right. <laughs> I mean, we, we knew Luke Parker was going to do well. The, the other one is Callum Mills has been... Playing quite well in the middle. He has. Um, now, how much midfield time did he actually have in this one? Um, very much midfield yeah, time. Yeah, oh no, he, his, um, uh, his heat map was pretty much right through the centre. Um, I'm not... Uh, there's something about Callum Mills which makes me worry that they're going to force him to the half-back flank again at some point. But they brought in yeah. Matty Ling, who did well enough, I think, to hold his he, spot He next grew week. into the game. He started off a bit slow and hesitant, but he was running with it a bit towards the end. He was taking some shots. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think 
for me, Mills is an unexpected bonus for draft owners. Yeah. I wouldn't be going out of my way to get him in salary. Yeah, he, but he's quite cheap, is the thing. If you're desperate, he's one of he's one of the cheaper defenders that I How would be cheap at. are we talking? Because um, I, I, I have a depressing amount of rookies on my field in defence. All right, Mills is 686k for a defender. Um, Still too expensive for Yeah, me. true. But, <laughs> but I was eyeing him off the week that I bought Haynes in when he was about 610 yeah. I, did, I didn't do so it. So that ship's pretty much sailed. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's cheaper than the likes of your your Lloyds and those sort of guys. Nick Haynes and that is a, is a little bit more expensive than him as well. Yeah. Um, <coughs> um, okay, so... Anyone else? I mean, we mentioned Ling, who was the rookie. I think he did well enough. So if anyone brought him in, I think he did well enough to hold his spot. And just because they're developing players, I think they need to... Yeah, they invested I, a lot in him. Yes, he was a first round pick a few years ago. They haven't had a chance to see what he's been able to do because he's been injured for yeah. pretty much two straight years. So I think that he's not going to be a great fantasy scorer. Oh, he's not going to be a good but fantasy But I think his job security should be pretty good if he stays fit. Yeah. So I don't mind him as a downgrade option for one of those fattened defensive cash cows. So hopefully he can um, uh, make a little bit of cash. Like even if he only makes a hundred k for you. I'd be overjoyed if, if can, he does that. If you can grab that in, you know, a month to five to six weeks or something like that, that would be amazing. Um, Jordan Dawson, average game this week after being pretty good the few weeks before. He got moved to the back line as well, so he's definitely playing in defense with Mills playing more through the midfield. That was a really interesting one. Um, okay, we'll move on to Hawthorne. Uh, the midfield movers scored well. Uh, O'Meara, Shields did very well. Mitchell got a, a pretty respectable score as well with a 76. Yep. Sicily has been very good. He's been crazy the so last few weeks. We mentioned We're the, on the upswing for sure. We mentioned affordable defenders like Mills. Sicily is definitely in that conversation. Break even of... I just lost it. I think it was... Where was it? Would you? Uh, interesting question. Once we have the break even, would you prefer Sicily or Mills of the two? They're basically the same price. Um, I think I will take Sicily. Interesting. Um, oh, no, I know. F- I like it. I'm taking Sicily as well out of those two, but it's it's weird. Is it worrying that Sicily is giving me more confidence? <laughs> well, a little bit because he's had scores two scores in the fifties and one score in the thirties this year. But that's peppered in amongst two seventies. Well, his last three's been 114, 88, and 95 for an average in the last three of 99. So he has got so he's got Carlton next, but then he does have a buy, and I guess that's something to keep in mind. Is but if he has the buy, it's still giving him his average. So he's that's very if true. If he has another good game this week, he's averaging 74.8 at that's the moment. A very so good point. That actually, and against Carlton. If he can pump that probably out, strengthens the argument to bring him in, I if think. If he can pump out a mid-70s score, that's still very good. So let me just bring up Callum Mills again. So Mills... Uh, so Callum Mills, once the computer decides to agree with me... So his average is actually 76.5, so it's slightly higher. Mm-hmm. So when he hits his buy, if he keeps going with these solid scores, he's actually going to give you a, bet, a slightly better score in the, um, in the buy round. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough decision. Probably still going Sicily at the yeah, moment. Me too. I, I'd be leaning towards Sicily as well. Yeah, he's got Carlton, then the bye, then he's got Frio. Agreed. Yeah, Sicily all the way. Uh, Wingard did a little bit better this week, um, but still needed to get a few goals to get that. So um, He only he, had he one had the, goal. Yeah, sorry, he had the one goal, three behinds, but he, he still did all of his work he, in the forward line. Yeah, but... Uh, look, it... it 
gives him a little bit more time mm. before you have to think about doing something about him. Yeah, so hopefully he can get back to some time in the middle. And I'm hoping that the loss to Sydney for Clarko will make him think, right, we need to rejig our midfield. Because their midfield, yes, it was workmanlike, mm. but lit- it had nothing special about it. And that is really odd from a Clarkson side. So... I honestly think that they should spend give Wingard a little bit more time, the dusty sort of yeah. uh, ratio in the midfield. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, I think something is definitely coming to a head at Hawthorne, yeah. whether it's a massive change, changing of the guard um, on field or off field, whether it's a restructure of who's mm-hmm. playing what roles, something's going to have to change soon. Um, otherwise... Um, the president is going to burn the place down. <laughs> um, well, Will Day is another one similar to Egmily Smith, who people would have paid quite a bit for to bring in last week mm. um, with the fact that he had been scoring very solidly. And if you played him on field, unfortunately, it was a very average score with a 38. Yeah. But good news is he's still going up in price. He's making you cash. Yes. So hang, hang on to him. But it, it just sucks because people probably would have been hoping for a score maybe in the mid-50s at least from, uh, from Will Day. Um, and the other just quick one before we move on to the next game is I'll be very hopeful, crossing my fingers, that another midfield option pops up for, for Hawthorne because surely Finn McGuinness will be getting a game at some stage. You'd hope so. Um, and he's 214k. He's yeah. cheap and he can score very well. He's a real accumulator in the under 18. So if he gets a game, I'm probably going to move oh, on before he plays. Straight in, straight in. So Brad, if he gets a game this week... Um, as an example, he's straight into my team as one of my rookie downgrades, and Brad Close is a is a well, he's a close second basically to that because yeah, I agreed. definitely want him in too. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the next game, which was Port getting smashed by the Saints over in Adelaide. Saints, we well, had good uh, good Saints <laughs> this this round. We did have good Saints this round. We'll, we had very good Saints this round. We did. I, I thought that the home ground advantage would give Port the edge here. I was actually quite surprised by this no, outcome. It, I mean, the, the fantasy scores weren't particularly great uh, in this game. There was only, what is it, two scores over 80 for every single player on the ground. So Marshall did much better this round. Um, and uh, yeah. and Steele, once again, just continues being this consistent uh, self. Steele, what a year. Well, he's... I think he's second at the moment in the uh, the coaches' votes. Is he really? He's, he's either second that. or third in the coaches' votes. Um, he's absolutely smashing it. He would be absolutely in contention for that sort of top five Brownlow talk this year. He has really been that good. Um, so, again, he just continues going on. Billings has been solid. Hunter Clark, much better bounce back for him for draft owners out there. Yep. Um, there's just not a whole heap to talk about. Caulfield is one that a lot of people talked about trading in about two to three weeks ago. Yeah, i got to put my uh, hand up on that one. Yeah, so, I mean, I was looking at him too. I didn't end up going with it. But Me neither, had, but he was really showing some good signs. Dropped off a little bit. Um, he's at, and this is just a very bad week. So if you did bring him into salary cap, he's a priority one must trade out. He's not making cash, yep. and he's scoring poorly. Agreed, and you were bringing him in as a stepping stone. Exactly. So, um, the I can see... Potentially moving forward, the Saints halfback line being one of those um, positional battles where someone or some ones are going to score well every week, but it may rotate between a few guys. So you've got your Hunter Clark, your Caulfield. Wilkie's had some good weeks. Um, There's um, Patton, I think, plays down there. He does. There's quite a few rebounding guys who can win the win the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, And this Geary's back there every now and then as well. Yeah. So. 
I think the much more draft relevant, but potentially you're going to have that situation where it may rotate who's going to do well in a given week. True. And uh, just going on to Port, there's not really too much to talk about for Port, to be honest. Their highest score was 67. They just weren't fantasy relevant this week. Um, Boke, even with a poor score after his great start to the year. Look, I honestly, I think we can move on. There's, there's just nothing really to report. It was a sucky game for Port Adelaide. I think they'll bounce back this week, though, and have, have a much stronger showing. Even Big Charlie didn't have a good game, so <laughs> you know they're struggling. Well, yeah, I know the commentators love saying Big Charlie every chance they can get as well, so it really sucked for them, too. Um, okay, next game of the round was Adelaide versus Essendon, and... Even though Adelaide ran it super close, I mean this this was a really good game to watch. I so Essendon it, fans would have been breathing just. Was spiral. it Essendon not playing well or Adelaide playing much better than they have? It was tough, or a to combination say. of both. Because I watched a fair bit of this game and I could not tell which it was. No, it's because Essendon did. Like, you could say they were playing underneath what they've shown, but at the same time, a lot of their players had very good games. Not just, a yes, fantasy-wise, like players like mm. Merritt, McGrath, Snelling, Saad, Ridley, all those guys, Langford, Parrish, all those guys scored very, very well. But, uh, even just from a, a, a game perspective, other... they still played half-decently, and Adelaide yeah, brought it right up to them. There were some really good, um, like, passages of play from mm. both teams in this game, so... Um, yeah, it was quite an entertaining one, actually. Yeah. Um, look, uh, again, it's uh, the most Essendon players are draft relevant. So you're yeah. talking about your um, uh, your Snellings, your um, Snelling you know, is Lang- very much definitely La- yeah, only La- draft Langford, relevant. Parish, Zaharakis, those sorts of guys. But there's a couple which definitely have to be uh, talked about for salary cap. Uh, McGrath was one that you would have had to have picked up three to four weeks ago, and he has been smashing it for you, so great pick up there. Merritt's the interesting one. Yes, so Merritt is 750,000. He's got a break-even of 59, average of 86, but over the last three, he's averaged 90. Uh, His last three scores, but that is massively inflated from this one game. So his last three scores have been 59, 74, and 138. Okay, so yeah, no, that's off for me. No, no, yeah. don't want anything to He's do with it. He's got Brisbane and Giants and Gold Coast next. Yeah, no, don't, don't want anything so to do So for me, I'm passing. I'm not interested in getting him off this one good game yeah. against the team that's been giving up the most points to everyone this year. Yeah, no, good with that. He's had, uh, so he scored 75-108, 92-58, uh, didn't play with an injury, then a 59-74 and a 138. So no, way too much of a roller coaster for me. Don't want to go anywhere near that. Good call, Matt. Um, and the other one is Ridley. Jeez, hasn't mm. he come on as a bloody fantasy player? Yeah. He he just looks he very, looks... very committed to the ball. And he's got that sort of silky, smooth skill where players want to get it to him. And that's mm. despite being in a side with bloody... Um, uh, Saad, so you've got Saad, McKenna. Redmond, McKenna. Um, he's still getting almost more of the ball than all of those guys. So yeah. No, he, look, he looked really good. He definitely passed the eye test. Mm. Um, and his score, yeah, liked to score. Good intercept player as well. All right. Um, so, so, would you look at him in salary cap? Not now. So, it, it I think was you probably, missed the boat. Yeah, you missed the boat. If yeah. you had brought him in when he was super cheap, that's a gr- that was a fantastic move and really, really well done. But at the moment, he's priced at six hundred and twenty-two. Um, look, I would probably prefer to bring in like a Sicily who can go like so. He's scoring yeah. very solidly, but Sicily has the ceiling on him. Agreed, yeah. For for only, you know, 40k Agreed. more. Agreed. And, and as good as Ridley played, he really had to work to get to this score. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we've got uh, Adelaide on the other hand. Um, nothing major to report here, aside from Brody Smith. Continue. That's another one that I traded out and is just coming back to haunt me. Oh my yeah, god! I hear you there. Um, so yeah, basically he played right through the midfield almost the entire game and played very well. Yeah, exa- exactly what we saw, thought for or thought about and hoped for at the start of the season didn't happen for the first three games. And then when we all tra- or when a lot of us traded him out, he started playing in the midfield again. Pretty much, Kudo yeah. Satellite coaching staff uh, pulling the wool over every fantasy coach's eyes. Um, Matty Crouch has been consistent when he's been on the field and not dropped. It's it's just honestly, it's been a bit of a horror year at Adelaide and draft owners would be very, very well aware of some players like Laird being underperforming this year. Um, Sloan, I mean, that's just a horror show going on there with uh, for draft owners. But the probably the, the real shining light apart from like a Brody Smith or a Matt Crouch would be um, uh, uh, old, uh, old mate Rory O'Reilly O'Brien. Yep. Um, who's been very good and has been sort of sitting on that second tier below the big guys as well. So he's pushed his way up to sort of those Goldstein, that Goldstein tier, I would say, for me. Oh, I don't know he's quite in Goldie's tier. I think he's in Goldie's <clears throat> tier from a fantasy point of view. So I think Goldie and... Did Goldie Ryan... have a really bad game or something? Uh, no, Goldie's... Because Goldie's been like in this in pretty much the same tier as Grundy and Gorn most of the year. Golds, Todd Goldstein. It's, I honestly think that so uh, averaging ninety two point one. Yes, he's so he has done amazingly. Maybe you've caught me out there, but the past two weeks he's gone seventy one and seventy two. Yeah, so, so he's dropped off a little bit. He has dropped off after going every single score in the nineties mm-hmm. and two in the hundreds. Yeah, um, I, I still I don't think that O'Brien's quite there yet, but he's definitely in the next tier down. Very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I maybe just rate Riley O'Brien a little bit too highly. I love the way that he goes about it. And he takes pretty much every single contested mark. Mm-hmm. 85.6 average score, thank you very much. Um, and in yeah. his last three has gone uh, 82, 115, mm-hmm. 87, 88. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay. So I still wouldn't have him in the, that same tier yet. I probably would say Goldie's about to drop out of that top tier to the second tier. Okay. And that's probably where O'Brien's sitting at the moment All right. for me. All right, I like it. Um, um, one other guy I did want to just very quickly mention is Ben Keyes. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, not completely under the radar, but from a draft perspective, somewhat under the radar. 77% earned in ultimate footy. So there's quite a few leagues where he's available. Mm-hmm. He's a forward and he's playing midfield. Yeah. So he put up 84 and 77 the last couple of weeks. He does have some bad games, but there's a little bit upside there. It's just the name Ben Keys as well. It's because there were so many years that everyone hyped him up at the start of the season, you know, playing at Brisbane, thinking this was going to be the year. He was he was a good-looking draftee, and he yeah. just never came on there. And even in his first year at Adelaide, just never quite came on there either. So it's happening now. Yeah, Jump on if you can. Um, okay, we'll go to the next game of the round, which was... Uh, that was West Coast versus Collingwood. And, I mean, this was just a smashing after quarter time. Um, yeah. And, look, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, i you know, as much of a West Coast fan as I am, I'm very pessimistic on my team quite a lot. Um, yes, that's one way of putting it. This is... That was some of the purest football I've seen this year. Um, so, being back in WA obviously suited them. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> stopped whining about a few things. Um, Andy Gaff. Back in form uh, with a 126. So maybe back in form isn't the right way to phrase it, but has pumped out a big score, which we know he could do. Um, he's priced at 780-odd thousand. 
that's well under what he could do. And he was looking at being high 800s before his downturn in form. Yeah, so he had a two bad weeks a couple of rounds ago, um, but 80 and then 126 in the last two. Mm-hmm. He's got Geelong by Carlton Hawthorne. Mm. Um, I think if you're going to get him, now's the time to get him. Well, Break absolutely. even at 76. Well, he's, he's not going to Geelong. Be... So Geelong by, which means that if you get him in this week at 780-odd K, he's averaging 85.6. So uh, you bring him in, I think he'll score quite solidly against Geelong. You'd be hoping for a mid-80s at the yeah, very I least. I wouldn't be expecting that average is going to drop. Exactly. So you're getting at least an 85.6 for that one week from 780K, which is absolutely outstanding. So... Yeah. Real, real big one to look at this week if you can. Um, which would you prefer out of the two, Gaff or Lloyd? Because they're both priced similarly. That's a real tough one. I'm going to say... Because I'd say Gaff, with what he can do, he's a top three to four midfielder this year. Um, versus the top versus defender. Versus the top defender. I'm saying Lloyd because I'm still playing three rookies on my defense. <laughs> And I really need to shore that part of the oh, ground up. But if I take my team out of it, it really is 50-50 for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably going gaff just. Mm. Just. Yeah. No, fair call, fair call. Um, I, I, I probably lean towards gaff as well, only just. But that's because... He, he does have a very high ceiling gaff when, yeah. when he plays. So for me, I think the thing that's tipping it for me is the fact that he can go on a crazy run at home now. Mm. Like, it's tailor-made for him to go nuts yep. at Optus for the next month. Agreed. Um, okay, Tim Kelly had a great game, which is fantastic to see. Josh Kennedy, boom-bust, big forward. You know, it's, it's, it happens every yep. now and then. Oscar Allen's the one to look at from a Keeper League point of view, though. He's... Yes. A very, his role is very good at the moment for fantasy. So every once in a while you'll see a, you know, that sort of third tall who moves up the ground as a high half forward, that link-up player like Tom Lynch from three, two to three years ago mm. from the Crows. Plus he's playing uh, in the ruck as well every now and then, having a chop out in the midfield. Yeah. And he takes a really strong mark up forward. So when he does go forward, he really can kick a goal or two. Yeah, so he is 87% owned. So you'd think that virtually every keeper league is probably owning him. But if he's not, go out and get him. Yeah, and it's as good as he is this year, it's for next year. Because Kennedy surely, if not this year, in the next couple of years, he's going to hang up the boots. Mm -hmm. And the role that Alan's playing at the moment, he's probably going to have ruck status next year. Yeah. In ultimate footy, at least. So if you've got a two-ruck league in uh, ultimate footy, very, very interested. Um, Okay, so we'll move on to Collingwood, because a lot of the other Eagles players are (laughs) draft-oriented guys. Um, Jack Crisp had a much more solid game this week, uh, but that's because he was doing really poorly for the first half, and then they chucked him in the midfield because they needed to, with with their injury, or Pendlebury not being there, Sidey not being there. Um, Dugowie being out, it's yeah, they really needed something. So, I mean, if that continues, Chris could do He's well. He's right back in the conversation for one of the best defenders if yeah. he keeps that role. I don't expect he will with He's side cheap. bum back this year mm-hmm. and this week. Yeah, sorry, yes, this this week. Um, and the fact that they know Pendlebury's going to miss now, so they can actually bring another midfielder into the team. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They might keep him there and, and bring um, keep. Um, oh, who was it that got dropped? 
and came in for oh um uh, Bossa yes. I, I forget how to pronounce his name unfortunately I'm we really, really actually have to practice this uh, Bossa Navalugi yes Bossa Navalagi uh, tough one um yep. so yeah he could but I I don't think that'll happen um so the interesting one with Cybottom coming back in he's a forward now. Um, the most expensive forward out there, 800k, and was averaging 94 prior to, um, obviously, his indiscretion. Uh, I'm not looking at bringing him in. Obviously, if you've got the cash, you might be looking to splash it somewhere and say, this will be a real <coughs> point of difference for me because he's only owned by 2% and he was averaging so well. Yeah. Keep in mind, of the four games he played, he had... Uh, Let's see, he had two massive scores in the hundreds, 180 and then a 60 before he uh, before he was uh, suspended. So, yeah. so his break-even is 75, 76, um, 75. So he's a very good chance to make that. So he, he's not necessarily going to lose money anytime soon. No, but I, th- I honestly think that uh, there, there's more likelihood that he will score, have an average score this week, playing away from Melbourne, coming back from suspension, maybe a few mental demons yeah. in the background, and this, with a 60 and an average score as his last two. This is a real risk-reward, because I think that's there's a good chance that he comes back and takes a couple of weeks to find his feet. But if he comes back and he hits the ground running, he's got Frio this week, then Sydney... Then Adelaide, then Melbourne. Ooh. That is a crazy run. Ooh, that's real risk reward. Yeah, interesting. Eight hundred k is a lot to spend. Like. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't have the money to do that. But if you do, all the power to you. It's not like a, you so if you've got like a Simpkin or someone, and you've got the cash to do it, I love that upgrade. Yeah. Um, moving on, Darcy Cameron. Do you reckon he holds his spot? He was pretty solid for compared to some of the other pies that were playing. Uh, I've got to admit, I didn't actually see this game, so I, I'm as, not sure. As the second ruck, he, uh, he kicked a couple of goals, which was really good, um, and had a, had a few marks around the ground as well. Look, I, I thought he did enough to hold his spot, which is great for us as coaches uh, because he might make just that little bit more cash, and when yeah. he does get dropped again, we can all trade him out for a, a ruckman who's not playing at all yeah. um, at 170k and make you know, 130, 140. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Grundy's 62. Anything to be concerned about from what you he, saw in the game? He just got beaten soundly by uh, the combo of Nat Nui and, um, and Allen. It was really odd. It reminded me of the grand... Like I, I, I know the commentators said this a lot, but it did remind me of the way Grundy played in the grand final against Vardy and uh, Lysette, where it was just that they just beat combo him. just beat him. Mm. It was almost like the... Like Nat Nui wasn't tagging, but it was almost like when Allen was playing on in the... The ruck sort of role, he would just tag Grundy to make sure he didn't care what happened to the ball when it got down. He, he just made sure, touches. made sure Grundy didn't get it. Um, so, so, so what I'm hearing is expect a big bounce back this week against Freer. Absolutely, he's going to smash Fremantle. I would suggest, um, even though Lob can do pretty well on the ruck from time to time. Um, so, nothing else really to bring up from Collingwood. A lot of draft guys, and and they were just poor overall. Um, you would expect a, a fair bounce back with um, side bottom coming back in. Pendlebury is going to miss a couple of weeks, though. Yeah, that's. I'm really curious to see what they do with team structure there, mm, because they'll He's need a big loss. He is a massive loss for them, and he really holds that together. So expect an uptick for Taylor Adams. Oh yeah, um, and the other one is of course uh, uh, Trelaw. Mm-hmm. He's he's way. I mean, if you've got the cash to get it to do it. 
love it, but he's just so expensive at the minute, and he's worth every penny pretty much. Um, it's it's that just incredible how well he's performing. At the moment, yeah. Sure. Um, okay, so second to last game of the round was Melbourne versus Brisbane. Um, and yeah, I mean Brisbane got over the line. It was it was a close match. It was a pretty grubby match to be honest. There was um, uh, there was a lot of ground ball play. Um, just on the on the Lions side of things, well Lions basically he's been so good. This the year. man of mystery, man of a mi- mystery well, no longer. Yeah, well he's been he hasn't been a mystery for a long time now. <laughs> we coined that name like three years ago. We can't say that anymore because he is cl- at the moment he's a top five midfielder. Oh, that's a big call. Yeah. That the way that he's playing, he is a top five midfielder, I would suggest. I mean, he has been amazing, so I can't really argue with it too much. Dude, I would love you to bring up some stats and read me out some Jared Lyons stats, because he's got such a good ceiling on him, and he's had very, very few average games. Um, righty, Mr. Lyons uh, is 809,000. He's too expensive, so don't, don't look at bringing him in. Look at a gaff or someone like that. <laughs> very true. Um... Alright, so scores for the year? Yeah, for the year, man. 98, 76, 96, 77, 106, 88, 79, 119. So his low for the year is 77. Exactly. Guess who that was against? Who was that against? Adelaide. Really? I wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, he just has looked so good this year. He's been so consistent. That's top five midfielder form right there. At he, least top eight. It's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, so sorry, I just I I was just amazed when I looked through some of those stats earlier today, and I wanted to uh, to bring them up. Lockie Neal's doing just keeps doing what he does. Dane Zorko is an interesting one to check out. So I've had a few questions come in <laughs> about Dane Zorko. Six hundred and thirty-one thousand break even of fifty-seven. Only one percent owned. Last three scores: seventy-two, seventy-eight, and eighty-eight. Look, let me just say that he is not going to be one percent owned after this week. I'm going to suggest that that shoots up. to maybe even closer to 10% with the amount that the uh, the Fantasy Trader boys, um, Calvin Roy and Warney, have been uh, spruiking him up with his cheap price and the fact that he's actually been very, very solid the past few weeks. Yeah, I guess the benefit is that's a really cheap price. I do really like that. So, well, 627, and yeah, like you say, he's averaging what in his last three weeks? He's averaging uh, 79? Yeah, so, mm. so close, close to that pre-COVID time. I don't know, I just... It's a real stepping stone, and it's another yeah. stepping stone you're taking this year when we've already... I'm, I'm assuming that almost every single one of us has taken double-digit stepping stones, and my, much more than they pretty would have. Much, and the danger with that is, for example, my team is pretty much entirely stepping stones. <laughs> yeah, I, I just haven't taken that final <laughs> step off any of them because I keep having to patch holes elsewhere. So um, it is the danger that you get left with him for a lot longer than you would want... At that price, it's hard to argue against him. Yeah, true. Like, there's, there's a few other guys who I would probably prefer to have, but the price makes it not really doable. Well, the other one I, I heard a couple of people speaking about, is, and that's another <laughs> real stepping stone, is uh, Zach Bailey, who's got defender status. Um, he is $507,000, <laughs> and in his past two weeks, he's gone 85 and 96 against Melbourne that- and GWS. I love me some Zach Bailey. I know you do, but prior to that, keep in mind, he went 35, 52, 61, 40. I, I was going to say, if you- I was going to say, I love me some Bailey, but <laughs> I, even I can't advocate for Zach Bailey in salary cap. 
Because, look... He's very, like, it's role-dependent. Mm-hmm. I love him as a player, but he's not going to rack up enough ball every week. I, I There's too many so. major movers in that team. And what, what do you say? He's, he's a defender. And, he's got defensive but status. But he's playing as a half-forward at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... That's a really that position. The scores can really fluctuate a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm not a chance. I'm bringing in Zach Bailey. It's I, I'm tempted by the price and the the fact that he's gone very very good in the past two weeks. But there's every chance that he could come out next week and get a forty. Having said that, love him as a streaming option off the um the waiver. Oh no, no, no he's, he's not available. He's not available on waiver list. He he was too good a couple of weeks ago. Um, I would suggest that he would be owned by upwards of 90%. 75% owned in ultimate footy. What are people doing bring Zach Bailey in? And he's a back centre dual position as well. No way. And, and any Frickin keeper leagues, jump on him in keepers. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, that's if that's the one piece of advice we can give anyone out there tonight, just go and get Zach he Bailey. He is taken in our league. Um, he is taken in our keeper league. I know I checked that. That, yeah. that really hurt when I saw that. Um, okay, we'll move on to uh, Melbourne. Um, look, Clayton Oliver bouncing back into some form really good, but he's still overpriced, I would suggest. Like, you're, you're looking at like getting Andrew Gaff for around about the same, if not slightly cheaper than Clayton Oliver, and I would prefer Andrew Gaff to Oliver. Yeah, um, can't argue that. Max Gorn, another great game for him. Petrarca, exactly the same thing. He's the top forward this year for me. Uh, look... And, and then from there, it just drops off. The, the, we, I don't want to talk about Angus Brayshaw anymore because I, I assume that'll just hurt you too much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if I could get anything for him, I'd trade him in my keeper side. But you're not going to get anything. It's, here's a question for keeper coaches out there um, because you can't trade him in our keeper league. You're not going to trade him. If I got a half-decent offer, I would, but okay. I'm not going to get a half-decent offer. Okay. He's not worth shit at the okay. moment. Okay, well, you're going to have to reveal a little bit, uh, so show your cards, put them down on the table. Yep. Would you? Are you going to drop Angus Brayshaw at the end of the year? If, if this form continues, are you dropping Angus Brayshaw? If you can't get a um, decent trade? If he changes clubs, no. So, if, so he's, if he's still at Melbourne, it's going to depend who else is in my side. But he'll definitely be borderline. Yep. So if he's still at Melbourne, then... I'm, it's borderline. Yeah. Depending who else I've got in my side. Yeah. Like, uh, my... Yeah, you, you, I may not have anyone better than him to hang on to, but if I do, it, he's going to really need to improve to actually make a case to hang around. Agreed. Okay, we'll move on to the last game of the round. And, uh, I mean, Jesus, it was bloody Noah's Ark out there for half the game. It was... I mean, we're, we're over here in Perth, and we don't get a crazy amount of rain, but this game was just a flood. It was incredible to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, incredible to watch is probably not the right phrase. It was something to watch. It was a, amusing to watch at times. Yeah. Um, look, Geelong smashed it in the end, but for, you know, three and a half quarters, it was actually reasonably close. Even for three and a half quarters, if a Freo player had accidentally put their boot to the ball <laughs> and it had tumbled through the goals, it probably would have been like single digit um, lead. Yeah, well, uh, Cam Guthrie had a good one, and as a draft player, every once in a while, like probably every th- once in every three weeks, he pops it. Oh, now I got to correct you here. Guthrie, the last three weeks, has gone 86, 107, 103. I hate when you correct me with things like that because that's just. What I have in the back of my mind, that is what I picked so, up Cam Guthrie. Inconsistency. His last few weeks has been awesome. And he's been picked up a lot in draft leagues, I think. Um, I wouldn't necessarily advocate him for salary cap. But I wouldn't advocate him at all. 715k, break even of 44. 
Selwood's still out of the side. Mm. I don't hate it. Real left field choice, but I don't hate it. But for your... um, Selwood's probably only going to miss one more week. He missed this week. He'll miss next week. And I would suggest that with a minor hamstring, he probably comes back the week after. Probably, yeah. Um, But in drafts at the moment... If the, if by any chance he's still available in your league, love him as a streamer this week. Oh yeah, uh, Mitch Duncan, and he you... and not just sorry, I'll just no, add ahead. to that. Not just from a like he's racking it up, but he looks really good at the moment. Like he's really in form. Well, he looks his like his touch a, is amazing. He looks like a homeless person that's been on really hard times. Let's be fair there, but a homeless he... <laughs> person whose touch is really really good. <laughs> that's not a sentence you want to say at any point in time. <laughs> Moving on from there. Um, so, Mitch Duncan. We mentioned him earlier in the podcast. Uh, last round, had 102. Um, he's averaging 80 for the year, but that does include a injury-affected 11. Yep. Which So, the fact that he's averaging over 80 with an 11 in that it's rotation pretty crazy, is isn't ridiculous. It? He started the year off on fire, though. Well, it was... So, his scores were 89, 73, 90, 96, 99, the 11. Didn't play last week, and then 102. He's gone under 89 once, aside from that injury-affected game, and even that was a mid-70s score. Yeah. Just incredible. Um, His break-even now is 95. You can actually wait a week before you bring him in if you wanted to get him. Yeah. Um, And he's got West Coast this week, so... I mean, he probably will score well. West Coast do give up scores to midfielders. It's just a fact. Um, And he's probably going to get somewhere between 80 and 90, at least, I would suggest. So he probably just doesn't hit his break even. But even then, you're still bringing in a player who's going to get you a very good score for a reasonable price. So if you're chasing rankings or chasing a league win rather than chasing best value, Duncan is definitely an option to bring in this week. Yep. Love it. Um, And adding to the list of um, Geelong players, midfielders who are killing it at the moment, Sam Menegola. Oh, my God. Not not to the same extent, but 92, 57, and 95. Two of those last three games are really, really good. Yeah. Um, Racking it up. um, Only, I'd say only draft relevant, but yeah, going really, really good. No, absolutely. Um, So... The other one quickly I want to touch on for uh, Geelong was Bradley Close. Like we said, he had a mm. debut with 67 fantasy points. Very, very cheap still, and he's got a very low break even. Definitely one to go out and grab for a forward downgrade, maybe like a, a Butterick if you're looking to get rid of him. Or He's also got midfield DPP status as well, yeah. so very valuable. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking at him as a um, downgrade option this week. Unfortunately, he's got one of the later games of the round, yep. which does suck a little bit. But I don't think he's getting dropped. Is I wouldn't thing. think so. So it's I not don't, for not for a couple of weeks at least. Yeah, I think you can bring him in with some confidence. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's too much of an issue there. Let's move on to Fremantle. Um, I don't want to talk about Andy Brayshaw for long because this just fucking hurts. Um, I, we go about on about it every week that the. the players that we traded out with poor form and poor role and all of a sudden it turns around because the coach figures out oh maybe we should have done this um look 106 87 73 and 102 in his last four he is just a dominant forward for fantasy at the moment his break even is just 40 and he's priced at 665k um yeah so for me um 
Where am I looking? So he's got Collingwood this week and then the bye. I'm not sure his average is... So he's averaging 73.9. If he aver- if he has another good score this week, another 80-plus score, probably he pushes that to 75 at least. Yeah, and you'll, that, pr- you'll take and that, you'll won't you? you take that as an average for a forward. Well, you definitely take that as an average score mm. for a forward for the bye. So, yeah. I mean, Andy Brayshaw is a top six forward at the moment. The one other sticking point is when Fife comes back mm. and what impact that has. Yeah, but even when Fife played back from that injury, they played him up forward a little bit more because A, I think Fremantle realised he needs time to get his body right. Yeah. B, they've written off this <laughs> that year. That well. yeah. B, they've written off this year. They're not making finals this year and they're, um, they don't want to injure their Brownlow medalist, um, their dual Brownlow medalist, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, they're going to, now that they've figured out, oh, wait, maybe we should play Andrew Brayshaw in the midfield, they'll keep doing it for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you don't have him, you have to bring him in at some point. He's just that good. And he's owned by 33% of the comp. So yeah, if you're, you're one of the ground. people like us and you don't own him, you are losing ground and it sucks. Um, there's a strong chance that some of those percentages might be ghost chips, though. Play teams who started off with him at the start of the year, like a lot of us did, yeah. and they haven't played for a little while, and obviously they've left him in their side from then. You know, it would actually be quite amusing. <clears throat> there's probably a lot of ghost chips out there that had some players that stunk it up, and so the coaches gave up, and those players have come good now. Yeah. <laughs> and the teams are actually probably going quite well. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's... Um, all right, quick word on Caleb Sarong. 98 this week. 98. Mm, yeah. He tackled his way like a beast to this score. Um, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I knew from an underage level, I rated this kid really high from a fantasy point of view. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect like this sort of big score at the moment, but Fremantle's team has been decimated by a lot of injuries, so they've been yeah. forced to change. And, and this game as well, pretty much tailor-made for tackle, get ball, yeah. put ball on boot, yeah. repeat. Uh, he's too expensive now to bring <clears throat> in. Don't don't like yeah. if you don't own him, you can't bring him in. But if yeah. you're one of the twelve percent that did bring him in earlier on, oh, you can leave him on your field with some uh, not certainty. Like he'll still have poor games, but. He will. You know that he's got a ceiling now. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing too is Frio love to have um, late games in the round, so you can't even really loophole him, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Darcy Tucker going down on zero for, for in the opening minutes just sucks for draft owners, but hopefully draft teams you'll have a um, uh, an injury uh, period, or allocation period, I should say, where if a player plays less than 20 to 25% of the game, uh, we have actually 50% in our league at the moment, Um Due to injury, then you get the uh, bench score, the emergency, whoever that is. Hopefully. Otherwise, that would have really fucked up your side. <laughs> Anyone else you want to talk about from a Fremantle point of view? Uh, nah, not really. No, nah, there's not There's not too much. Again, a lot of draft guys, and because it was such a wet weather game, it was just those sort of in and under guys that really got a lot of the points. Like, Rhys Conker got a 74, which you don't see every week. Mm. Um, so, what we'll do is... Um, We'll, uh, we'll wrap up the round review there. And just to give some of our listeners a bit of an insight into what's going to be going on over the uh, the uphauled fixtures, um, we're going to be looking at, as we say, we're, we'll still be doing the podcast and we'll look at doing it every Monday night as we, we have been. However, obviously, with Monday nights not being the end or start of a new round, uh, we might look at doing a few special interest podcasts. So we'll, uh, we'll focus on a few topics do a bit of a deep dive into those rather than your sort of reg- regular round reviews. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so 
Are we we're throwing this out to the the listeners? Yeah, keep an eye on Twitter out there because we'll throw out a tweet at some stage with a with a bit of a poll of a few podcast uh, topic ideas that we can really deep dive into. We'll get a few votes in, see what people are aching to listen to, and we'll uh, we'll sort of highlight that. Obviously, we'll be going through a little bit and uh, going through a few bullet points from the round that or whatever pop portion of the round has been done and dusted well, up until that our stage. Interest. Exactly. Just to, just to keep <clears> an eye, a few keep an eye on things, but it won't be the full round review like we do yeah. currently. Yeah. So having said that, if there is anyone that you've got a particular question about that you want to get our thoughts on, um, for some reason, uh, <laughs> then hit us up on Twitter um, and we'll we'll be paying a bit more attention to that than usual. Absolutely. We'll be monitoring all the Twitter questions, so make sure to get them in. We are at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. And also, we will be putting a pause on Risk It for the Biscuit just for the moment because it is very difficult, let alone to monitor our own waiver wires in our own leagues, than it is to sort of try and find some players which might be available in certain other leagues with waiver wires being all over the shop, to be honest. Um, yep. It, I, I would suggest that commissioners um, around the place would be really stressing trying to figure out the exact structure moving into these uh, these fixtures ahead. So hopefully you've got a, a good way to solve that problem. And we'll, uh, we'll be back with Risk It for a Biscuit very shortly because I do believe that it was tied up, which means that... Uh, I We've think actually missed a couple of weeks, so I can't even remember... <laughs> Uh, it we're, is tied up, three apiece at the moment. tied up on three apiece, so I'm a good chance to win back the trophy that... Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist because you haven't made it in four bloody years, mate. <laughs> it's coming at some stage. You just wait one one week, you'll walk in to record, and there'll be a trophy here. I don't know how that'll work because I have to come to you, but right. I'll get it here first, you say, and it'll just blow your mind. You say you just wait like it's something that I would walk in and be like disgusted by, but <laughs> that's no, what I you'll, want, you'll be amazed by it. All right. So we've got a few questions to get through as well, so we'll quickly hit those up, but I think we've pretty much covered a lot of the questions just in the podcast beforehand. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, so hopefully you'll be able to listen back and, and <clears throat> see some answers to your questions there, but just to quickly go through, um, we've got a question from Kyle who was asking Zorko versus Dusty. Um, For me, it's Zorko. With the, with the much lower break-even, you can give Dusty another week and see what happens, I would suggest, with that role, whether he plays up forward again with Cochin and Sydney Stack coming back in. But Zorko's got money to make right now, and he's in very, very good form for the past three weeks yeah, as well. I think it depends on context a little bit. Uh, if you're going league wins, then it's probably more of like a, a match-up type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think the other factor is completing your team. So Dusty obviously has the forward status, which may be useful. True. So I could go either way on this, depending on context. Um, for me, though, it's probably that price gets Zorko just across the line. Agreed. Um, we got a question from uh, Scott Giles. Uh, oh, sorry, no, Scott Giles had just commented saying that he likes a previous question. A uh, question from Matt Mottram asking, the uh, best value mid to pick up uh, like a Zorko or Higgins? What are some of the good options under 720? So we've definitely gone through a lot of those. Yeah. Um, Duncan's pro- uh, just a bit out of that price range, but he is my number one. Yeah, Duncan's 727. He'd be the one I'd be probably most comfortable with. Um, we've talked about Dusty a bit. Um, we've talked about Swallow. Uh, not as confident in him. Um, he's, a, he's a mid as well, so so we're looking for a mid rather than a forward. Yeah, Swallow's a mid. Yeah, he is, but there's no way I'm picking up Swallow in the, the yeah. midfield. I mean, I guess you could, like a like Dusty or Swallow, bring them in yeah. and then flip them I, forward. I think Zorko and... Uh, I 
and um, Zorko is the one that really jumps out and he's cheap as well. Higgins, I'm probably not looking at. Um, I like I said before, there's a few other guys I'd rather over Higgins. If you can scrimp and scrape the seven k to get Duncan, I would really want to do that. Yeah. Um, the other one to look at is uh, if we're mentioning, you know. Um, Martin and uh, the likes of um, uh, Swallow, if you don't have Brayshaw. them up forward. Brayshaw, exactly. Brayshaw. If you don't own Andrew Brayshaw, he's one that you can definitely bring in. Should score solidly this week, yep. and then you can flip him in during the bye. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got one from Anthony Elul, <coughs> who says, best option out of Simpkin, Swallow, Dusty, or Brayshaw? Uh, Brayshaw number one for me. Yep, agree. Followed by... I'm going... I'm going Dusty. Yeah. Because he's cheaper than Swallow. But that's the only reason I'm going him over Swallow. Plus the the DPP. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swallow number three. Simpkin number four. Because he's he's dropped off. Even without the injury, he dropped off a fair bit, I think. Yeah. Um, But Brayshaw's the breakaway number one for me. Easy, yeah. Definitely number one. Um, and uh, Goonbag Fantasies again the best name in fantasy football comes back and says uh, do I bite the bullet and bring back Brayshaw also which is the better unique underpriced primo out of Duncan and Merritt um, look again Brayshaw I, we, gets yep. tick of approval from both of us yeah, we need to do it ourselves and so Duncan over Merritt for both of us Duncan definitely over Merritt for M- both Merritt of us. I wouldn't be looking at at all unfortunately I think his scores really inflated by that one game against Adelaide mm-hmm. um, and for 750k there's a lot of those other guys that we've talked about under that value mm-hmm. that I would take over him um, yeah um, so Tyson Parcell also comes in with a little bit of a question and just asks uh, can you sign off on this trade please it leaves me with six rookies on the field and 300k in the bank <clears throat> mm-hmm. he's gone Corey Taylor to um, Corey Taylor, sorry, Curtis Taylor. I was going to say, I don't recognise that name. Corey Taylor is the lead singer of Slipknot, and you should recognise that <laughs> name because he is an absolute legend. Yep. Um, so Curtis Taylor to Brad Close, uh, Marley and Pickett to Finn McGuinness, um, mm-hmm. and then Noah Anderson to Dane Zorko. Um, so he's got Dane Zorko on the field for Anderson. He can bring um, McGuinness. Uh, if McGuinness plays, that's a big thing for me as well because you're really just assuming that he gets named. Mm. Um, and then Brad Close for Curtis Taylor. I do love that trade. That's a really I good one. I definitely like that one. I'm just having a look at how Anderson's scores are looking. So uh, if Anderson's dropped off just a little bit, which I believe that he's sort of plateauing at the moment, I do like this trade because it gets Zorko onto your field and that's another good, you know... Step below premium, but possible premium option, bringing that into your midfield. And 300k in the bank is going to be just so valuable heading forward into this uh, this um, fantasy fixture. Um, how are we looking for the uh, the average? Uh, so, Anderson's average is 56.5 at the moment. Mm. He's gone uh, 57, 76, 54 in his last three. Um, so yeah, I and his break even I think was thirty seven from so, memory. So he's still, he could he's still got a little a bit, bit more money, to make. But if you're going to make this much cash, it brings Zorko on for him instead. He'll it sets him. you up perfectly for another upgrade. I, next I week. really like this. Just yeah. obviously the thing to watch out for is McGuinness. If you're expecting him to play, I mean Clarko's like just bewitched <laughs> us all before, and he's uh, he's confused us in the past. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I would I, hope that he gets a game. I hope for Guinness. For Guinness. 
I hope McGuinness gets a game, <laughs> but um, I think everyone's just assuming he's going to. I don't think there's actually been anything come out of the Hawks that suggests it's going to happen. And Clarko's stuck fat with his veterans so far. It's got to be getting close to tipping point, yeah. but we're all just assuming at this point. So exactly. definitely keep a close eye on that one. Yeah. And uh, and that's all the questions for this week. Don't forget you can get in touch with us, as we said before, at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. And we'll be uh, finishing the podcast up there. Thank you again so much, everyone, for joining us out there. We love having you listening. We love your questions coming in. Don't stop that. And we look forward to an absolute fantasy feast and being back for a little bit of a rejigged podcast format next week. So good luck heading into the rounds ahead. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. Gotcha.